This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We've made our way through over half the season. Verstappen wins by over half a minute and Red Bull sets the record for consecutive race wins at 12. Welcome to episode 311 of Grid Talk. Today we are here to review the 2023 Hungarian Grand Prix. My name is Owen Medford and joining me we have Grid Talk co-host Tom Downey. Hello. And uh, Tom Horrocks, uh, also, also the co-host of the Monkey Seat podcast. Hello. And from the Grip Strip podcast, we have Philip Matthew. Hello. Before we get into the episode, we must thank our sponsor for this episode, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. But first, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, we would love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of the 72 percent of people i'm reliably informed who haven't yet who aren't yet subscribed to the channel please consider helping us out with a like and subscribe uh be sure to follow us on our brand new social channels grid talk at grid talk uk to stay up to date with the show now uh as i previously mentioned obviously it's a just an astounding victory uh from max verstappen and we will talk about it later um what i would like to talk about first however um we'll start with you tom is uh, i'd like to go around the room really just because uh, what a shocking weekend for Alpine after a shocking weekend um, previously. Um, let's say, start with you, Tom. Like, how how bad is this for Alpine? Uh, it can't really get much worse, can it? Um, I mean, they have had two week, two week race weekends on the bounce where they've had a double DNF, and it's just they they were going to be battling with McLaren for what fourth or fifth in the constructors that is over you know the 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 rate McLaren have improved that is over for Alpine they needed a good weekend they had an okay quality they should have got at least one car into Q3 they didn't and they absolutely do do the bed today you know they, they got granted not completely their fault but they were rather bunched up going into turn one you know um Bottas told Joe exactly how to approach turn one after 2021. He did duly that and just punted the one car into the other. You know, Ocon, uh, sorry, Gasly's right rear apparently was stuck onto the rim. Um, so the Bottas influence continues. Uh, and then, um, yeah, and, and then uh, Ocon had to retire. All we heard was it was terminal. Apparently his seat cracked in half or broke in two. And then there, there were some reports he'd gone to the medical centre, some reports that he hadn't just... Ted Kravitz, under that, he, he, he said, what a waste. And I, I agree. What an absolute waste for Alpine. All, all, all the mechanics who have come there this weekend, you know, it's a 
grueling task being a traveling mechanic or you know engineer or you know personnel who travel to each race weekend with F1. To have that two weekends on the balance, I know we didn't have a race last weekend, but you know two two weekends in a row where you are packing up by ten past two, it's like what is even the point? Yeah, obviously, uh, luckily this wasn't entirely their fault, uh, Phil. But um, you ju- you do kind of wonder, like, what was the point? As as Thomas said, what was the point of even going? You know, they could have they could have stayed at home and and made as many points and uh, and broken as few things. Um, you know, do you do you see the sort of uh, where, where do you see the kind of pressure from the the Renault you know boardroom? Because clearly it's it's already t- claimed the career of. Uh, of of one CEO of Alpine, um, you know, is this is the second, you know, or already on his dying days? I don't know. That's early days for him. I mean, at least Jack doing one earlier. Um, that's about all they can take from this weekend. Uh, I mean, having a double DNF in turn one is not is great PR if you like crashing stuff, but um, not in terms of selling engines. And that's been the other news piece of this weekend for them that they're trying to do, they're going to have to do concessions for Alpine because of how bad the Renault power unit is, which sounds like MotoGP, which is how Ducati got to where they are now and Aprilia and all that. Well, I mean, when you're having to do concessions for your power unit, because the dang thing can't even last. And when it does last, you're getting in a Rex. I mean, that's, it's just a really terrible look for them and they don't have a customer team either it's just those two cars and um Ocon has won at this racetrack two years ago I mean you'd think and Gasly's not terrible around there but there was absolutely nothing to show for it like what Tom was saying um Tom D said because I've, I'm not sure what Tom H will say here in a minute but uh I mean it's it's ridiculous and um I'm sure that uh, Otmar is going to have plenty of rah-rah speeches to say at Spa when they're having to build the cars back together, and they have a they have a sprint race to do in six days. That's going to be great for them. But it's been a nightmare scenario for them recently, and I don't think it's changing anytime soon. But they're stuck where they are, as has been said. There's no chance in bleep that they're going to move up from where they are. Uh, in constructors so it's really trying to somehow or another get in the top 10 in driver's points yeah um, as you mentioned there's no way you know looking at the constructors that you can see that they can um, they can really catch uh, catch McLaren if McLaren continues on its current form Um, Tom Horrocks what I would like to sort of get your opinion on is um, do you think the the sort of 36 point advantage that they have over uh, Williams and Haas uh, is big enough for them to even consider dumping this car, you know, entirely and focusing a hundred percent on on next year's car and just seeing if they can if they can make any kind of headway and move move up the field that way. Well, realistically, I can't I can't see any of the teams below them amassing thirty six points between now and the end of the season. So logically, that would make a good step. But this is a team that has defied all logic for the last decade. And yeah, it's such a great uh, you know, the other two uh, panelists have really summed up brilliantly the race that Alpine have had today. But when you look at their entire season, you look at the Monaco Grand Prix, P3 and a P7. Outside of that freak result, they've not had better than a P8 and they've only had a handful of those. 
it's been an absolutely horrendous season from start to finish. And it's not, it's been performance, it's been decisions, it's been drivers, everything. It's no wonder Lauren Rossi's been put in the bin and moved on to wider products in the uh, in the Renault in the in the Renault uh, industry. And and like you said, it, it, I'm sure it won't be long before before the new guy has uh, realised the poison chalice that he's he's taken on here. And it's just a team. It's just a it's a ship just drifting, you know, just listing lazily to the left. To quote Family Guy, you know, they don't really have any manoeuvres to play. It's it's just a it's just a bit of an embarrassment, really. And and a P6 when they were saying we want to be a P3 close to P2 this season. What were they thinking? How would they have any like any hope of doing that? This is a team that hasn't hasn't competed for a championship since uh, uh, you know with an underfunded Lotus team, Kimi Raikkonen coming close. You know, not not even close. You know, just winning a couple of races. That's the last time this team were competitive in any positive sense. So it's just for me, it's they're just they're just an embarrassment at the moment, and uh, it's it needs something. Something needs major investment. Ryan Reynolds isn't going to save them, so I don't know what their what, what their hope is going to be for the future. But it's it's not a good season. They need to do something. They need to complete overhaul, start again, uh, start another five thousand race plan, and then just restart it again. You know, just they need to do something. Yeah, uh, Lauren Rossi's specialty seems to be shut, <laughs> seems to be uh, shuttering divisions at Alpine uh, or or within Renault. Uh, and uh, it's important to note that they are uh, their two five year plans um, into the uh, into the Renault ownership uh, again, and uh, and they're behind two cust- uh, two Mercedes customer teams in the constructors. Um, now uh, we'll move to the team that's also that's sort of closest to getting. Um, closest to getting ahead of them um we'll start with i'm going to do it a bit weird but i'm going to start with williams um you'd expect this tom trap tom for this uh sorry tom downey for this um trap not to really suit the uh, the williams bearing in mind that typically they their strengths have been uh high error efficiency low down lower downforce circuits um but it's a decent weekend for williams when you got albon in 11th and uh and sergeant are really kind of unfortunately uh finishing 18th yeah, you know, I did wonder if Albon was going to maybe sneak a P10 at the end. Um, but, you know, it, it wasn't to be. I think, you know, you could say if you add the two results together and then, you know, and then sort of you know, divide divide them by two, so you basically, basically get, get a sort of mean result, it's about it's about fair. Um, I would have thought Sargent could have been a bit further ahead, but also I think none of us predicted Alfa Romeo qualifying where they did. And then also falling back just quite as quickly as they did. Um, but Albon being P11 on the cusp of points, you know, all he needed was one, you know, one of the things to go wrong in front of him. Sadly, it didn't happen today. We didn't even have a yellow flag until Logan Sargent, you know, aside from that one, we didn't have a yellow flag until, until um, Loki Bear spun on what, lap 68 or 69 odd, and then, and then he boxed and retired, which I don't blame him, to be honest. Um, yeah, it was a. It's, it's showing progress because you know we saw it at tracks you know like Austria and Silverstone and Australia where um, Williams were genuinely quick, but like you said, you know it was it was lower downforce, higher speeds, you know less sort of like aerodynamic dependency. Whereas you know you know I say all this, all the time, Hungary Monaco without the walls. I hate that phrase by the way. Um, you know it's uh, they Williams have showed that they are making genuine improvements. Even if you look at their pace, you know in Monaco from two months ago, they are looking a lot stronger than they were back then. 
and the, the team in general they just look happier you know the engineers look happy you know the, the media teams you know they, they, they're, they're happy Williams are a team that is on the up and I I for one I'm all here for it and also it's good that they've got Albon on board and he rejected the approach from from Red Bull good for him he's sticking with Williams he's going to do well he is doing well there I think Logan Sargent is beginning to come good it's obviously difficult to adjust to F1 from F2 you know it's a big step up and I think they're both doing a good job yeah, yeah, they're, uh, they're they're really making it work, and it and it does look like they're uh, finally, finally, um, we're getting back to the glory days of Williams, if not there yet. Um, but obviously, it's a long road to go. Um, another team who's got another long, who has a long road to go, but maybe not so such good prospects. Are, I think working it out, they're the lowest average finishers uh, are has in this race. Um, we've got Magnussen and Hulkenberg at seventeenth and fourteenth. Uh, respectively, Phil. Um, is there anything to say, really? Like, uh, uh, kind of a, a race where the, you thought that they might be able to get something out of at least the start and uh, and just sort of d- did nothing? I mean, the Alfa Romeos cr- helped them in the process because they were involved in the Alpine uh, situation and so did Alfa Tori. But, and then, of course, uh, Nico Hulkenberg. Uh, does his usual qualifying thing but then reality sets in and then the day changes to sunday and then their car disappears so um that's and their drivers do too and that's what happened today and it's unfortunate but it's par for the course um i there was a story on motorsport about kevin magnuson saying the things that they're doing to the car the upgrades they're making go against his strengths which might explain why he's had such a dip in performance relative to last year when he was so energetic and happy and everything was going. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's mind numbing to me. I was having that conversation with somebody yesterday while I was at Pocono about how neither my driver, Tony Stewart or Gene Haas care about anything that they're involved in. And I don't really think he cares about this team because if he did, I wouldn't be accepting them running in the back every single week for years. I get it's struff. Well, yeah, probably um, um, that that's become his thing. I mean, it's not like uh, what a certain guy that used to drive there, uh, but it's just, it. you want to talk about a waste with, Alpine in their whole weekend like it's just wasting time with Haas you know like what what is your end game you're waiting to get more you know wind tunnel time like you're hoping that Ferrari comes good they prove on a weekly basis that they can't make make sense of what they're doing so you're expecting them to help you I mean come on man they need to make wholesale changes there and they never will and they'll always be in the they'll be tailback and at least Williams has the foresight to hire an American driver since Haas never has and never will seemingly. Yeah. You can't imagine, uh, <laughs> I'll take your word for it on the NASCAR side, but you can't imagine Roger Penske <laughs> allowing this to happen for this long. Um, and then we get to, uh, we get to Grand Joe who, um, riding high after qualifying, uh tom but um you know back down to a back down with a bump yeah now people are probably going to expect me to have a massive tirade about alpha uh alpha which alpha team alpha romeo we're talking about here pick your pick your team but i'm not actually going to do that i'm going to surprise a few people because 
I, I'm actually like they were rapid on Saturday and I was dead impressed. And I know like it was a bit of bad luck. I'm not it, the start from Joe. It almost looked like, um, you know, like in you playing the F1 game and then you, you kind of you, you like I've done, you forget to disengage the clutch. He just kind of like he did a good start, but it was just a second after everyone else left. And just by, by the time he'd started, everyone was flying past him. And and he, he caused that all that carnage at the back. And. You know, if it weren't for that little moment there, I, I could have actually got excited about an Alfa Romeo race today, and and that's that's a little bit frustrating. But yeah, it's it was actually they showed that there might be a reason for that team to exist, which just hasn't really been a case for that all year. They've been they've been this you know, just waiting for the Audi money, as we say every week, and uh, or getting the Audi money, just just building up and building up, and 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 they actually looked like they might have had something. You know, Joe genuinely looked rapid. Bottas didn't look too far behind. Once again, Bottas has come through and done done better in the race, showing his experience and and everything like that. And it still yielded no points. And they're, they're not, you know, they, they seem to have one car finishing close to the points and the other one finishing at the back every every race. It's, they seem to alternate which one it is that does that. And but I genuinely think that with this race, they, they've shown that there might be something, and that has given me some hope for the rest of the season because I don't like being negative. I like being positive. I love this sport, but. They just give me so many reasons to be negative sometimes. But uh, yeah, again, no points for for Alfa Romeo. But I'm not going to bag on them. I think they've they've shown that they've they've got something to fight for. They've shown that they are they they have a reason to exist. So that in itself is a compliment from me. So bravo, Alfa Romeo. Yeah, Alfa Romeo seemed like they were uh, maybe just on the chance of stuttering into life, as uh, as many an Alfa Alfa Romeo owner will be able to tell you. You know, just just the first, just that little cough, and you're like, oh, I could, we could be in here. Um, now we're going to move across to uh, to the other to the other Alpha team, Alpha Tori. Um, obviously, heralding the return of Daniel Ricciardo to uh, to F1 to, or to an F1 grid for the first time in uh, well so, some months. Um, now, Sonoda kind of performed as he does usually. Um, you know, having a you know, unfortunately, uh, he. he He's got the sort of ignominy of uh, of ending up in twelfth at one point and then dropping back to fifteenth, whereas Ricardo did the uh, did the reverse. Um, is the pressure automatically now, to, uh, Tom Downey, on on Sonoda? Because um, it, it, I can't. I mean, maybe I have a different view on it, but I can't see anything uh, anything else other than a you know a kind of magic performance out of Daniel Ricardo, first time in the car. Uh, yeah, the pressure is on Snowder. You know, it is it is Danny Rick's first race back in an F one car. Now I know I know he did the Silverstone test and you know you've been doing sim work and this and that, but nothing can quite prepare you for the actual adrenaline of being on track with cars around you. And he put that off Atari into Q2, which quite frankly is not where it belongs. It belongs at the back of the grid because it's a steaming pile of doo-doo. Um I was about to say something else then. Um monetization though um and uh he he got unlucky at the start because he got hit by joe um just lightly go, going into turn one and danny rick was um he was uh he was one of the layers in the f1 blt that we had going into turn one you know which 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 had an alpine topping um you know so you know so, so he that you know uh, uh, uh was uh, caught up in that. It compromised his race a bit. He boxed to the hards, realised that the hards weren't actually doing a very, you know, weren't doing a good job. He then dumped them, went back to set mediums, had really good pace on the mediums. We didn't see an awful lot of him on the broadcast, understandably. So, um, and then next thing you know, you look back up and he's, uh, you know, he's he's 
he was what P13 in the end, you know. So you, you might look at it and go, okay, well, you know, he finished where he qualified, but he was knocked down to I think it was he was, was knocked down to last um, after uh, after after Gasly had DNF'd. Uh, he was he was knocked he was knocked down to last or he's down to certainly I think P18. Um, and yeah, just you know, a, a good. I don't even want to say recovery drive because that you know because I don't think, I don't think that's fair on him. But it was just a, you know, he, he just he just did everything that he needed to do, and is highlighted how uh, you know. I, I think it's, it's definitely highlighted the shortcomings of Sonoda. And I think Sonoda's going to go. Hang on a minute. I need to. Um, I need to my ideas up here so yeah you know definitely a welcome return to the grid for him i'm glad that we've got the danny rick that we all know that we hoped we were going to get at mclaren which we only got fleeting sort of like visits from and yeah good to see him back in the car good to see that honey badger grin yeah i like danny rick but i was questioning why he come back but no i i think he's uh i think this weekend's at a difficult circuit he's proved his minerals Yes, exactly. Um, and now we—I uh, I, I promise—I didn't—I didn't script how this was going to end up uh, uh, turning out. But uh, we then move move up to Aston Martin, uh, Phil. Um, not sort of amazing for Alonso, uh, falling backwards through the pack, and maybe just deciding, you know, this isn't really my race. Uh, maybe accepting their true position, but they're they're two by two here. Um, is is this where I'm sort of is this a decent result for Aston Martin? Would you say? Um, and and do you think they can maintain? You know, they've fallen a little bit, but they is this is this their kind of where they're locked in now? I'm not sure it's where they're locked in. I don't think they're satisfied, and I'm definitely figure that Fred is not happy finishing ninth in a race, last car in the lead lap, um, when he was up front a lot of the year on at Monaco. They were he qualified second and had was he one of the closest contenders to actually compete with the world champion. And now he's competing for end of points. He's only six points ahead of Lewis Hamilton in the driver's standings in terms of constructors they are falling. They're closer to Ferrari, I think, than they are to, yeah, they're closer to Ferrari than they are to Mercedes now. So I we'll see what they do at Spa here next week, but it's been a downturn on performance while McLaren has become came up with like whatever that miracle cure, I guess. And Mercedes is there. And so it's kind of a 50-50 kind of deal. That's where they were. They're middle of the pack. I mean, they're not middle of the pack in terms of where their what their car really is and what they've done earlier in the season. But it's starting to go that way. It's starting to feel like they're kind of going to be driving around with Alpine more than they're going to be driving with the other three teams. Um, they're going to be competing with Ferrari too, I guess. Uh, but I don't think that's what they wanted from this weekend, uh, especially Alonso. But it's a it's kind of been the trend uh, recently. So I'm not really surprised for ninth and tenth. Stroll didn't really do anything. Um, and he finished a lap down, uh, probably could have been, and uh, guys mentioned about Albon possibly having a chance to get, get him that would have made it even worse. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with them next week. They'll have a month after that, and then we'll see what goes on if they're really going to contend 
for third and the constructors. I'm thinking they're going to fall back from that too by the year's end. Yeah. Um, speaking of falling back, um, but I mean, we didn't even see it. But uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're talking about Ferrari. That's that's who we've got next. Um, Tom Horrocks. What what can we say about Ferrari that hasn't already been said? They were you know largely anonymous in some ways. You know they popped up here and there, mostly for pit stops. But um, it, it's there, there, there's glimpses of their form coming back, but they weren't even you know were, were they impacted by the tires or or is did they just not have the speed? Well, I mean, I can say something that's not been said, but unfortunately, it'd be a bit of a lie. So there's not really any point saying that. But no, it's it's. Um, I've tried desperately to be positive about Alfa Romeo, and I will try and be positive about Ferrari, but I am going to fail, unfortunately. The only thing I can think about is that Leclerc's reported after the race that the last three races had radio issues, which has led to communication issues between him and his team. I'm not sure that's really the excuse because you see throughout the race, you saw Carlos Sainz on fresh tyres. Like before the race, you say, look, Sainz is starting on the softs. If he comes up behind you in the early stages, don't get in his way. He's only got a limited window with that. Don't worry, that will come back to you later in the stint. That that needs to be unwritten. You shouldn't need to have a radio communication for that. That should just be like entrenched. And then it seemed to me like, so Sainz then lost a load of time from that. And then Leclerc had a bad pit stop. And then it seemed like they they then boxed Leclerc to undercut Sainz to make up for the fact that he had a bad pit stop. And it didn't matter because he sped in the pit lane anyway. And it just seemed well, whichever car was the fastest always ended up behind the other one. And they just kept getting in each other's way all the time. And I'm sorry, but the only people to blame for that is the team. Because the driver's not going to give up position unless they're expressively, expressly told by their team, in this scenario, you get out of the way. They're not going to give up position to their teammate, especially to their teammate. But with these guys, you know, they want to be winning championships. You can probably, like, when you're looking at the back when you've got Magnussen and Hulkenberg, they've got rules of engagement. But these guys, they've come into Ferrari to win races. And yes, they're not going to win any races anytime soon. But that's what their mentality is set at. And that's what they're going to be trying to do. So to be in this position where they're constantly getting in each other's way, constantly costing each other points, it's just embarrassing again. From them, you know, Leclerc got a 9.4 second stop complaining about the about the strategy over the radio. He seemed to be communicating fine with them then because he was whinging about stuff. So and then, yes, yeah, science not being allowed to pass, calling his own strategy again, saying, no, we're not going to pit yet. It's too early. And it just seems, again, just like no leadership in there as well. And you've got to give Fred for certain time. But these are the kind of operational things that he's got to start. He's got to put right. Because these are the things that are hemorrhaging points and are costing them championship positions. And now Ferrari, they have closed in on Aston Martin um, this weekend. So that's a positive. But Mercedes have just got so far away that, that I don't think they, I think Mercedes are now nailed in for that second place. Aston Martin and Ferrari are fighting out for that fourth place. But they've got to look after their shoulders as well, because currently on trend, you know, McLaren are going to pass them both which I would never have thought three races ago, but you look at the, the trend on points and that's absolutely going to happen. So they need to look after, look over their shoulders. So they need to sort it out and sort it out quick, but otherwise they're going to end up in a very difficult position at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, the only note I can add to that is, uh, particularly with the operational stuff, is that, uh, you know, it, it mattered when there wasn't a cost cap, but in the age of the cost cap, uh, you know, operational from <laughs> operational uh, successes are, are free time. You know, have to spend money, money and time developing those, and they know and they work no matter what the rules are. Um, now, 
uh, one of the better sort of performers today uh, was George Russell, uh, Tom Downey, um, 18th to 6th. Um, can, it, it, does that make up for the fact that uh, Hamilton lost four positions at, uh, at the start and uh, and never really gained them back for Mercedes? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a very, very good drive from from Russell today. You know, he, he started on the hards. You know, obviously, you know, he, he capitalised it a little bit on on the shenanigans happened to turn one, but you know, that's how Walken won the race two years ago. Yeah, and you know, I'm you know, and I'm not you know, I'm not saying that you know we got lucky with him because he he, he did drive the wheels off that Mercedes. Um, you know, he, he did what he needed to do. I think the result he got today probably about the best he could have got. Um, you know, he was on an alternate strategy, made it work. The Merck is good in race pace. We've seen it, although you know, they were struggling a little bit with um, with rear tire attempts, and Hamilton was especially um, at, at one point. But um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's funny because it was like today. It was like again, it was contrasting fortunes, you could say, um, but the other way around because yesterday Russell had the bad day at the office, Hamilton had the good day at the office, whereas today Hamilton had the bad day at the office, you know, in, in, in relation. Um, and then, you know, Russell had Russell had the good day at the office, you know, because he went from, what, P18 to, what, P7? Or I might move that to P6 with Claire's penalty, I can't remember. Um, but, you know, he was, he was right up there. You know, he was running... Um, he was running, I think, P4 at one point, but he obviously hadn't pitted... Made good pace on the hards. The hards looked all right when um, uh, when cars were heavy with fuel. When they, when they got a bit light, so it became apparent that the mediums the tire. Yeah, the Hamilton. If, I think if if the McLarens behind him and Max had not got as good a start, he'd have led into turn one. And I said it yesterday. Um, uh, I think when I was chatting with Warren on on the um, on the qualifying re- uh, review that. I thought Hamilton was going to hold into turn one because you know the, the left hand side was the clean side. Yes, they they cleared off some of the marbles, but you know there still were some marbles there. But Norris got a really good start. Piastri got an amazing start, and um, Max got a really good start as well. And it's just you know he he uh, he, he uh, you know he, he, Max Max just ended up um, uh, Max, Max, you know Max just held the line into turn one, and then you know he just you know that was it really. So. And then he was, you know, he was down down to P four by by turn six. So I felt for him a bit, but turned into a race of attrition by that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, really didn't sort of really didn't work out now uh, work out well for him. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Norris and Piastri got an amazing start. Um, Piastri are getting the raw end of the deal there, Philip. Um, you know, I, I've I've got to say as well with. I think uh, McLaren's race, they, they both drove decent races. Um, if I had to guess where, where the difference in time has come from, it's because Piastri did get that second first stop, um, which, you know, as I said in the commentary, uh, Mark, Webber, Mark Webber will be wary of to, you know, because Piastri was leading. He was leading ahead of Lando. Um, and and the, and it's not like it wasn't by a it wasn't like it was by a little bit. There was there was a gap there. Um, <laughs> were they were wary of that going forward? Um, just 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 to make sure that the same thing that happened at Red Bull tomorrow doesn't happen to Piastri. I would hope so. I don't understand what the justification was when, other than points position, 
because Piastri made the great start, as mentioned already, allow him to go and run his race. If Lando has to wants to make make hey, he has to go and earn it after um pitting or pitting after Piastri, you took away an opportunity for him to get a podium again, you know, like it's uh, that was a wasted opportunity for him. Yes, great. Lando gets second place and they're making a lot of points, but Piastri did the job today on the start and he's been doing the job recently. He doesn't look like a rookie right now. I mean, it helps with the car, but it, they I've said it many times that this is the most balanced lineup in Formula One. And I think that's part of why this has become more of a this team has gotten more competitive along with of course these upgrades um it's on i i hope they don't go down that road because this kid is really really good one of the best talents that's come to formula one in a long time and i if i mean if you want to play favoritism they should be running for wins not this is not for like podium spots um i don't think it's serious serious but we'll see as the season goes on you know um, because that's a competitive battle between those two guys. Piastri's trying to get in the top 10 in driver's points. Uh, but I hope that's just a blip on the radar screen. He's able to get a podium here, whether next week or once the summer break ends, uh, because he's really, really good. And I mean, Lando is too, and he's shown, but so is Oscar. Yeah, um, I think that's uh, that's really shown sort of like, you know, Oscar is, is, is showing that he, you know, did make the right move, as did, uh, as did McLaren when, uh, you know, and, and making the move to sign him. And uh, I think Alpine will be ruining that. Um, <laughs> although, to be fair, I don't think, think Piastri would want to be in, in the Alpine either. Um, <laughs> luckily for him, he didn't end up there. Um, now, uh, I think, that's uh, you know what we could wax lyrical about Verstappen's drive all day. Uh, I think the more interesting thing at Red Bull is that is, is this you know is this a return to form for Perez? You know is he, is he doing enough now, or if he continues this to be uh, to be con- you know c- considered as as the de facto number two driver at Red Bull, or is he still going to be looking over his shoulder, Tom? I I don't think necessarily he's looking over his shoulder. He's been given well, he's definitely under pressure. You know, given. We'll wait and see what Ricardo does later in the season, but he's that pressure will always be there. No matter what happens at Red Bull, you're always under pressure. Even Max Verstappen's under pressure, even though he doesn't look like he is. But you know, Max Verstappen today, you know, phenomenal drive. You know, by turn one, the race was over. We knew that, done and dusted. Forget about it. But yes, Perez today. The, we've got to remember as well. They did bring what they reckon to be two tenths of performance to that car, and it's a car that would have already suited that that car already it's a that track already so I, I think like Perez has has done has done well and I know like in the in, in the grid talk slack I voted for Perez for driver of the day just as a joke given my previous uh my previous uh comments about Sergio Perez um but um we'll get into what I actually think later on but uh yeah if you still looked at his at his lap times and believe me I did uh he's on the hard tires uh sorry the medium tires and Verstappen's on the hard tires and they're doing the same same lap times so it's still, yeah, it's fine. It's number two driver level stuff. He's never, ever going to push Verstappen in that. If he's up if he's up starting alongside Verstappen in that race, he's finishing a distant 30 seconds off Verstappen. And we're still saying, is he good enough to be number two? It's only because he's gone forward in the race that people are saying, what a great drive he's had. So yeah, for me, 
he's done about as well as he probably should do today. Does that get him driver of the day nominations? Absolutely not. If you're giving Perez driver of the day for being slightly better than average, then what are we doing with driver of the day? It's not. It's 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 surely most overtakes. That's that's what it is. But even then, George Russell wins that one. So no, it's not driver of the day performance from Sergio Perez, which um, I'm sure we can debate later on. But for me, it's yeah, he's done enough today. So congratulations. That's probably four races this year. He's done what he's supposed to do. So let's wait and see what happens. Um, let's see what happens overall over the rest of the season. But yeah, fine. He he gets no hate from me today, apart from the fact he was a bit slower than Max Verstappen, which is kind of what we expect. Yeah, giving Perez driver of the day. He is the official, uh, <laughs> the official grid talk driver of the day. Um, uh, voted by us during the race. I uh, I didn't go for him. I went for Daniel Ricciardo because I thought that was a, an excellent performance first time back in the car. Um, but yeah, it's sort of a, it smacks of giving merit points to the bad kid just because they're good for a week, uh, like when you're at school. Um, right. Uh, I mean, we we we've you know as as I say, I've gone gone through my driver of the day. We've got to, to, Tom clearly doesn't think that uh, <laughs> that Perez was driver of the day. Tom Dowdy, who was your driver of the day today? I'm going to say Sergio Perez. Okay. Would you like to justify that one? Well, yeah, you know, you you start you started on the alternate strategy. Um, you know, you 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 made that hard toe work, and yes, I know something. Hey, don't that's the other thing. Yeah, well, good for him. He's IP eighteen, so shut up. Um, and you know, you you made the strategy work. You, know, you put in moves when you needed to. Um, and yeah, you know, got got that car to where it should be. You know, should you have started up higher up? Yes, obviously, but you know, a few drivers should have. So you know, you know, just you know, the the moves you're putting in, and then you know, then towards the end when Hamilton um, was uh, you know when uh, when you know uh, when Hamilton was you know beginning to chase him down, he then just backed off the pace. He held the gap, you know, because everyone's going, "Oh, my Hamilton got a podium." No, um, you know, Paris just backed off. He kept enough in the tyres if he needed to defend the position against Hamilton. He could, and yeah, just you know, just 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 a good, well controlled race. Yep, I'd agree. Uh, Philip, who is your driver of the day? So I'll just go in because it's funny. I'm just going to go George Russell. Um, you know, he he had a he had a great take yesterday about how bad it was uh, in Q1 and his his uh, 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 errors and whatever else and gentlemen's agreements, which I don't think exists, especially in Formula One with the way. They do qualifying at small racetracks. Um, the fact is for point saving and for uh, making the most out of the weekend, uh, that was the saving grace for George and for Mercedes, considering Lewis's uh, race was basically over a few hundred feet into the race because he did such a bad start. So I'll, uh, I'll go with George Russell for hilarity's sake. Um, there probably are others that maybe are more deserving, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, next week. Yeah, Tom, I think we covered your driver of the day. Well, you covered Unless... my not driver of the day. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> my actual us? driver of the day. I'm just going to go slightly different. Uh, yeah, to everyone else. Uh, I'm going to go with Lando Norris because um, he got pushed out a little bit at the start, um, losing that position. And then I thought it was the experience of him which got him back ahead of Oscar Piastri because 
he uh, once he releases behind Piastri, he knew the team were never going to let him fight. So he's just sitting there, you know, dropping back a couple of seconds, looking after his tyres. And then when it came to the point of the undercut from Hamilton, the threat for the undercut, they box him first. Here's his chance. Amazing in-lap. Great pit stop. Absolutely dynamite outlap. Clear. Absolutely clear away from Hamilton. And then the team have got to bring in Piastri. And he's come out alongside him. And then you saw after the race, his race pace was so much better than Piastri's. So for me, um, I think that, you know, difficult situation and he's he's come through for a for a strong P2 there. So um, I, I would actually say Russell, but I just want to be different to everyone else. So I'm going to go with, with Norris just for diversity's sake. I didn't know. I, did, I thought you just didn't want to risk the ire of, uh, of your monkey seat co-host. <laughs> I'll save that for tomorrow night's recording. Don't you worry. <laughs> Yeah, I look forward to it. Um, Tom Downey, uh, you sort of moved to the end of the show. Uh, is there anything that you want to promote? Uh, yeah, go listen to Formula Talk, which is a uh, sister show to this. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, we, we talk about F2, F3, F1 Academy, um, and yeah, just so the junior series. Uh, I do that with Sophia. Um, when she's not gallivanting around America, um, so, you know, so she's away at the minute. So I'm gonna need I'm gonna need someone to be a panelist this week, actually, if if, if you fancy it. Um, so yeah, so yeah, uh, go listen to that. We'll be chatting about F2 and F3 from this week, you know, from today and yesterday. Then doing a preview of Spa next week. Oh, I thought I'd mute myself. I clearly haven't. Uh, and Philip, uh, do you have anything that you uh, would like our Grid Talk listeners to listen to? Yeah, you can listen to the Gripstrip podcast and uh, find it anywhere where podcasts are. Uh, you can listen to them. Uh, we talk about all things motorsports. If it goes fast, we usually talk about it on the Gripstrip podcast. Uh, myself and Josh are fine, former um, guest on here. We talk about all different racing. I'll get to talk about my uh time at Pocono Raceway yesterday and uh, being home and doing double duty here um on the grid talk always love doing that hanging out with you guys and um great job Wayne in subbing and also for tom h for being able to come in on the last second or i forget which tom it was i was subbing yeah oh tom d is subbing okay no that's fine he it's okay he he's already half usually hosting anyway so he's readily available um but um yeah great hosting and great hanging out with you guys i love being on grid talk and um yeah, we'll keep it going. Got one more race to go in this first half of the season, and uh, we'll uh, enjoy Spa, one of my favorite circuits in the world. Hopefully we keep it on the schedule, but I'm starting to feel like it isn't going to be. But at least next week we get two races, so um, that'll be nice. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it around Spa, not going to lie. Uh, that's going to be fun. Um, Tom Horrocks. Uh, we know you're a co-host of uh, of the Grid Talk podcast, but uh, where can we find Monkey Seek? Just Monkey Seek podcast on all major pla- podcasting platforms. If you want to come and just listen to us talk rubbish about Formula One, uh, I think that's all the promo it needs, to be honest. <laughs> Excellent. Um, you know, if you're listening, if you're watching live on the live stream, but uh, Grid Talk is available on YouTube, where most episodes are recorded live, as well as on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Cast. Just search Formula One Grid Talk for our back catalogue of shows with previews and reactions to qualifying and race results. And please consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment for our presenters. Um, 
Also, make sure you make sure you subscribe so you're the first to know when each new weekly episode is released. Uh, we will be back soon with plenty more of more F1 content. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the Grid Talk on pod. Uh, sorry, thank you very much for listening to the Grid Talk podcast presented by Bet Online. And goodbye. Before Shopify, were you wondering where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.